I'm Susan Page, Washington Bureau Chief of USA Today, and this is Capital Download. We're joined by the former governor of New Mexico, Gary Johnson, who is the candidate for president of the Libertarian Party. Thanks so much for joining oh, us. Oh, thank you. You expect to be on all 50 state ballots yes. in November, yeah. the only third party candidate who will have that status. You have a pretty good chance of getting into the debates. So before we talk about politics, let's talk about guns in the wake of the terrible tragedy in Orlando. And terrible tragedy, yeah. oh my gosh. We now think the Senate will have a vote on a proposal to ban gun sales to those who are on government watch list. Hillary Clinton supports this. Donald Trump indicated in a tweet yesterday that he might support it. What is your view on this proposal? Well, uh, it's my understanding that there are active members of Congress on this list. And the problem with these lists is, is that they're subject to error. Uh, to pivot a little bit, um, death penalty. I mean, any anything that the government is involved in has an error of mar uh, margin of error and death penalty, three to four percent. These watch lists, three to four percent margin of error. So. Um, if I need a gun for self-defense and I'm on one of these watch lists, well, maybe I'm prevented from getting that gun and, uh, and it results in something bad happening to me. So in your view, gun sales should not be banned to people who are on government watch lists? Because, like of, that, list. because of that error factor that exists in any government list. What about restricting gun sales to people who are mentally ill? I think we should absolutely be open to the debate and the discussion over that, but the problem is, is that I haven't seen any, um, I have not seen any um, proposal that would not actually result in me perhaps being denied the ability to get a gun if I wanted to. So you think back to these er back to this error factor? So that you exists. think that that logistically, uh, mechanically, it doesn't work because you can't really fairly identify people who are mentally ill? Well, um, yes, but uh, should we be looking at it? Is it potentially, is there a way? Maybe, so just stay open to the, to the discussion. You know, you say you're open to the discussion, but if you look at what the Libertarian platform says on guns, it says, we oppose all laws at any level of government restricting, registering, or monitoring the ownership, manufacture, or transfer of firearms or ammunition. Do you agree with the platform position? Well, I would be nuanced to that platform position. I don't we, know what that means. What does well, that mean? Well, that no. <laughs> that, that we should be open to a discussion on keeping guns out of the hands of the mentally ill. Susan, I don't know how that manifests itself, but uh, I'm looking to get elected president of the United States, and I just want people to know that I've got an open mind here regarding how we might, how government might interject itself in a lot of problems that we do have. So you're the two-term nominee, the second time you've been nominated by the Libertarian Party. Do you think some in the Libertarian Party would be unhappy to hear that you have some differences with them on that platform? Sure, just like uh, Republicans had a problem with me on a, a number of issues on their platform, and Democrats would have the same thing. I mean, this is politics, and you know, you, you make your pitch that uh, I be, in my case, I made the pitch that I should be the nominee. Bill Will made the pitch that he should be the vice presidential nominee, and we did survive. Here's another proposal that's being revived in the wake of Orlando, and that is reviving the ban on sale of assault weapons. What would your view be on that? Well, uh, I just think I'm in the camp that believes if you restrict gun ownership um, or, or restrict the sales of certain types of weapons that just the criminals are gonna have those weapons. You know, I think with these shootings, people have different reactions, obviously, and some people think this means there are too many guns. Other people might look at this and say, it means that there are not enough guns, we need more guns in the hands 
of law-abiding people to, to combat unstable people or deranged people who are going to shoot them. Which is your view? Well, these are all happened, all these atrocities have been happening in gun-free zones. And if there were law-abiding citizens that were carrying weapons, I'm not saying that they would lessen the impact of these uh, horrible uh, atrocities, but maybe, maybe they could. I looked into getting my concealed weapon, uh, getting a concealed carry weapon after uh, Aurora, Colorado, the shooting in the... Uh, in the theater. Well, that was a gun-free zone. There is that possibility that if these were not gun-free zones, uh, schools, Fort Hood was a gun-free zone, a military base, gun-free zone. That so are we safer if more law-abiding people have guns, do you think? I think that's been borne out by a, a concealed carry being uh, allowed in so many states and that gun violence has gone down. Violence has gone down. I think it's the situation where, gee, do I do I try and steal this woman's purse in the parking lot? Or are seven or eight of these people that are around here, are they carrying weapons and I might get hurt? So you know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna not I'm gonna not accost her. Here's a question from a viewer, a reader on Twitter. He writes, You are a known supporter of the Second Amendment, but do you actually own a gun? Do you own a gun? I have purchased two guns in the last... I grew up uh, hunting, um, but then gave that up. Uh, but in the last uh, five years, I own two guns. And it, for self-defense purposes, and they're at my home in Taos. Have you ever used them? No. So this has been a weird political year. Uh, we now have both... You think? I do. <laughs> we have a both, both a Democratic and Republican candidate who have negative ratings higher than any presidential nominee in our history. Do you think uh, each of them is qualified to be president, would be an acceptable president for the United States? You know, I don't even get into that, Susan. I will talk about their policy positions, and I uh, so disagree with Donald Trump on immigration and the statements that he's made, statements that he's made on free trade, that uh, he's all for free trade, but he's going to force Apple to make their iPads and iPhones in the United States apply a 35% tariff, kill the families of Muslim terrorists, banning Muslims from coming into this country. Hillary. Uh, really, it's going to be about more government, you know, government is the solution for everything, free. Well, somebody pays for free. Democrats, Hillary, uh, they don't seem to understand what it is to balance a checkbook. And then I think that Hillary has been the architect of our foreign policy and that that will continue and she will be as hawkish as anybody that has ever occupied the presidential um, the presidency, and it's not going to result in a safer world. You talked about your appeal to some Trump supporters, also to some Clinton supporters. Some people think you have uh, the potential to be appealing to millennial voters who were, many of them supported Bernie Sanders, now have to consider Hillary Clinton, in part because you're a longtime and the most prominent supporter in the country of legalized marijuana. Is that a good issue for you, do you think? I think, it, uh, I think it's a litmus test for having a brain. Uh, myself. And uh, when 56% of Americans now support legalizing marijuana and no politicians outside of Bernie Sanders and myself support legalizing marijuana, and I'm talking now at the congressional, uh, gubernatorial, uh, senatorial level, uh, it's amazing. It's an unbelievable disconnect. You yourself were a user of medical marijuana. Tell us why. 
Well, it did, uh, it did relieve pain, and, and uh, recreationally also. Um, now, it's something that I have stopped. I have not had a, a drink of alcohol in 29 years mm -hmm. because of rock climbing and the notion of being as immediate as you can, being the best that you can be. And in that same vein, uh, I've stopped using marijuana of any kind, but I do not want to cast judgment on anyone who uses either one of those substances to take the edge off the day. Just use those substances in a way that doesn't put other people in harm's way. So don't get behind the wheel of a car. 29 years since you had a drink of alcohol. 29 years. How long since you used marijuana? It's been about seven weeks now. Seven uh, weeks? That's seven not weeks. too long. <laughs> no, it's not. But it's something uh, that I made a decision, and I'm not casting judgment on those that do, because we're talking about 100 million Americans that do indulge in marijuana, and I have no issue with your indulgences for me, it's just a personal decision that I want to be on completely on top of my game, all cylinders. And is it your plan not to use marijuana until the election's over? Well, uh, actually, I've made a pledge to not use marijuana in office either, and that's something yeah. that I also did as governor of New Mexico. I did not use marijuana as governor of New Mexico. But during this election period, are you not going to no, use marijuana not, during, not the during the election? No, not during the election period, nor uh, if I'm elected president. And there is that possibility, Susan, of getting elected president, but I've got to be in those presidential debates and starting off with our conversation, got to be in the polls. Governor Gary Johnson, thanks so much for joining oh, us on Capitol Oh, Susan, wonderful to be with you. Thank you.